It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. Welcome, Relationship Theory. Let's do it. All right. I need to soak myself up. Wow. Get the she energy just going. battered her toe, by the way, like right before we started. So. <laughs> I did batter yeah. my toe. Um, all right, guys, um, thank you for joining us today. I know it's Tuesday, but we try to keep the same time. This man's busy tomorrow. What um, am I but doing tomorrow? Do, I don't know. But do submit your questions. I don't even remember now what day this is supposed below. to be. And um, I'm trying to get to like the quick question. Um, okay, so we've been told not to ramble at the beginning, so here we go. Would you rather, answer with us, guys, drop in the comments. Would you rather never experience love or never experience passion? Whoa. Well, that's a good one. Wow. You know, my honest answer is I would never, I would rather never experience I don't know if love. I could. Do you think that we could be in love without having the passion yes. in the first place? Yes. I could love you, but I don't know if I'd be in love with you. What? Like the passion to me, that's what being in love is. Yeah, but I think this is like not passion for each other, but passion for something. That's how oh, I'm going to read that. Because love is covers. A relationship theory, homie? Yeah, but that's why it's a would you it's, rather. It's going to rewrite the relationship, right? Come on, people. No? I, that's not how I read it. I think it's, it's a more interesting thing because like that's so nuanced between passion for each other and love for each other. Not that I don't think there's a difference. There is. All right, so let's say but that's a far more nuanced. <laughs> um, oof. to be passionate for each other but not in love no then I would rather love than passion god that sounds terrible even to say it like I I could not finish that sentence but we, to have you can't even give an answer in fact, no I'm giving the... my answer I would I would rather love without passion like a best friend right but I'm versus saying, somebody like I, I read passion to be physical and I would not just want physical passion yeah, I guess I took it. Because that's like, like intensity. Each other. That's not enough. That's how I took it. I don't know what that means. Well, like I said, if if I had to choose... But define passion for your significant other. I'm on fire for you. When I see you in the room, my heart starts right, like but, throbbing hard. So then throbbing hard. Wow. Uh, I thought we were talking about something else here. Um, but so tell me, though, what's the difference between that and love? Hmm. I think you can absolutely have the the fire for someone and not be in love with them. Think of like I agree, first, but like so to me dating. the fire is physical. To you, it's not. No, That's it's that like the butterflies and the like. Yeah, that to me sounds like love. Like passion to me, I will say. Like in fact, give me a synonym for me. The synonym for passion in this case mm-hmm. that you're asking me is mm-hmm. intensity. Oh God. So what's mine? Yeah, well, give me a synonym so I oh, know I what you're know. thinking. Yeah. All right, then I win by default. There it is. <laughs> All right, let's get into the first question. Guys, we're answering All I see is I agree with Tom. Throbbing, laugh out loud. Yeah, that was actually pretty funny. Um, All right, we're getting to cool. the first question. Let's do it. All right, this is from Cody. I've come to a point in my relationship where the question, do I love her or am I in love with her, comes up. After two years in the relationship, I've not known there was a difference and thought that if I loved her enough, I would it would just turn into being in love. Or at least I thought I loved her more than I have anyone else and I have no reason not to be in love with her. My question is, do you believe there's a difference between loving someone and being in love? And if that's too broad, is loving someone so much that you want to make them the happiest ever, even if you feel like you are not sure of what makes you happy, a good reason to propose fyi that is exactly what i did and now a year after proposing i still don't feel completely happy but know that she's an amazing person and is truly in love with me i don't want to just give up on the relationship altogether but i am at a crossroads in feelings because i don't know what being in love is this, 
Can I just take a second to thank everybody who sends in amazing questions like this? This is so raw, vulnerable, beautiful, and amazing. And I think the, the kind of real shit that people go through, this is incredible. I've actually got a bit more to the question. Oh my God. Yeah, it's even more intimate. It's in chapters. Yeah. I've caused her a lot of pain already to the point where she gave the ring back Ooh. and said, when I know what I want, she'll be here. We still live together. And while we know it will be tough, we've decided to take a step back and just be boyfriend and girlfriend Ooh. and get back to our feelings when we are dating or that when we were dating. Any kind of perspective that you would have on this, I would be forever grateful for as I have talked with my parents and friends along with my with, along sister. with her sister and everyone is more than supportive and trying their best to be unbiased but see it as a tough situation this is not a tough situation this is brutal but it's not hard to know what to do in my opinion okay. and the very simple answer is immediately break up like I, I can't fathom being in a relationship where i was like you're amazing i love i love you so much you. like that 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 is literally my nightmare as a kid i had a recurring nightmare about this which tells me that i i think i was picking up on something in my parents relationship who they've since divorced like i really think that is the root of why as a kid at like 14 i had this recurring nightmare of being in a loveless marriage i was 14 so i've only ever had two recurring nightmares one i'm in a barn and an owl is swooping down on me and I become the owl as, as I get closer to me and the, it's super weird. And then the other one is being in a loveless marriage. And, and I've had them. I love how those two are. I, look, I don't know why, yeah. but those are my two recurring nightmares. If there's any nightmares. therapists out there, please let me know yeah. what an owl represents. So that like, because that has haunted me for so long, under no circumstances would I ever be in a marriage that wasn't like, so I have a, a tattoo, which obviously you know this for you guys. Be very weird if you didn't know. And it, it's like the four things that matter to me, which is interesting because love and passion are there, which is, mm. but for me, that's intensity. And so if I didn't have both that like deep love of like, I would die for this person and you like give me those butterflies and that like just crazy connection that I feel to you. That, and I think reciprocation is a huge part of love. So let's start with that. So like, even by my own definition of love, they're not truly in love because it's, it's not equally reciprocated. Mm. <coughs> and then passion for me is that intensity. So that, that feeling that you were describing mm. of like, there's like magnetism, like you were just drawn. Throbbing. Yes. Throbbing heart, I believe was the, the exact quote. And that, like, that level of intensity is one of, life's great joys and because i really believe that that's out there for anybody that's willing to put in the work to find it and to cultivate it because i did not feel that for you on day one like that's one of those things that you build and you found those flames and you obsess and like you do all the things to like really create that in your life but when it's there it is fucking magical and so my mom gave me the greatest definition of love i have ever heard in my life and it goes like this and i wish this on everyone and to settle for anything less, because I don't mind being alone, like put me in context. Um, I don't mind being alone. So like for me, that's not like some big scary thing. But my mom's definition of love goes like this. Love is when you feel something for somebody that is so intense, raw, amazing, that you're convinced no one else in the world has ever felt like you feel. And that is exactly how I felt about you. In fact, when my mom said that, I'd never articulated it out loud, but I was like, all of a sudden I got romantic comedies. I understood like crazy love movies, Last of the Mohicans, all that. Like I got it. And I was thinking like, there's no way anyone else has ever felt like this because nothing would get done. Like you were the end all be all of like my attentions, my focus, my obsession. And that stage of love on an fMRI looks exactly like cocaine. Mm. So, and that's how I felt. So that's such a beautiful, and it's a phase, but it's such a beautiful phase that to not experience that. And then on the other side of that, which I think is actually something more beautiful, which is that really like long lasting, deep bond, but without the fade of intensity, because mm. I still feel that super magnetic draw to you, but it's very different. It's not the distracting cocaine-like thing right it's it's a deep pair bonding and i think that sometimes and it seems like he's also 
trying to get back to that first <coughs> feeling of when they first dated. But in the beginning, it didn't sound like it was back ever like... feelings when we were dating. Yes, so but some, in the beginning, was it... In at least from what he says, take a step back and just be boyfriend and girlfriend and get back to our feelings when we were dating. And I think that this is one thing that I was always paranoid about and that you really helped me through is that when you're first dating someone, like that first month or two maybe six months like it can be so exhilarating right you're finding out new things about them they're doing things that are surprising you don't expect and that can be so ex like just um you know all consuming and like you said you do a brain scan and you can actually look at the two brains next to each other and it looks like they've done a hit of cocaine it's that effective of the brain and over time that starts to um diminish and i think for us, it was like we recognized that you can't sustain a relationship for 20, 30, 40 years in that same state. So what is that next chapter for us? How do we still keep the fire burning? But it's not ever going to feel like it was when we were first dating. It's going to evolve. Um, and I think some people hold on to that so much because they don't think of the next phase and then how that can actually be more beautiful. We've really looked into like how our relationship now is better than it was, right? And on a different scale, being able to be 100% comfortable. Um, and I'm all in with you. And when we first start dating, like there's those protective mechanisms that say, you know, like, well, don't go too much. Don't give him your all because what if he breaks your heart? And so I was very aware of that. Um but I think you have to look forward to the next phase. And so if all you're doing is looking back, like, God, that j that's scary. I don't know where you, how you come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I read something slightly different into their comments, which um, I don't get the feeling like, yeah. Anyway, to me, this is one, one person is way in, like way into it. And yeah. they're, like, they're experiencing the sort of traditional definition of love. Although again, I will go back to, I don't think it's e equally reciprocated. So there's like the deep sense of well-being that comes from being in love with someone that is equally in love with you is so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most beautiful things you can experience in life. The flip, like, but the line between that being one of the most beautiful things you can experience in life and it being a hell on earth is so slim. It's like this thin membrane between like, if the other person like this, where she's giving the ring back and, and she's, he's hurt her so much and all that, like, that's a fucking nightmare. So I'm just going to go back to, you want my perspective very clearly, like it heartbreaking. It didn't work. This is over. Move past, begin healing. It, you guys have a description of like having a, a wound, like a knife in a part of your body. You cannot begin to heal until you deal with the sucky part of pulling it out and then actually healing. So I think they have to do that. And I don't know how you can convince yourself to feel like you're in love with someone. Like if it's Bullshit, not you could absolutely do that. Convince yourself to, to be in love with somebody? Yes. Like for instance, if, how? <sighs> The part that you're talking about is if you don't have a real legitimate spark in the beginning, right. yes, you're like that, done. And that's but, the thing. If I don't have a spark for you, I could love you as a person and the way you treat me. And I think I'm reading into this also is that she actually makes him feel good, right? I think she makes him feel special. She makes him feel loved. And I think those feelings can be um, electrifying or um, what's the word? Addictive. And so... Letting go of somebody or saying, hey, we're breaking up, I think can be difficult because you're actually holding on to the fact that someone loves you, someone cares for you. And I know you completely disagree and think that's crazy. Why would anyone stay in a relationship for those reasons? But I actually get it. Someone makes you feel special. And so how do you then say, like, okay, well, it's over? Like, not how do you, but to identify that it's not in love it's just platonic like god that's that's hard to then make that step to get out of that relationship can i channel my inner jocko willink and then we'll move on yeah you just do it like it, it's there's there's no way yeah. i think anyone should ever stay there it that is a hell on earth that is so unique and painful i just couldn't do it i'm gonna stop okay. but that's all right yeah. next question um, I know I've got so much to talk about on that, but I'm hoping more questions come in that can help us touch on the other things. Um, all right. So Mia Lavoy, is it unhealthy to be in a relationship where you've both had the conversation where you know you're both not in love right now, but want to give it another go to see if you can fall in love? Well, the first, oh, I've got to jump in. Before Please. You. The first question, like, why do you want to force it? 
Like, if you know you're not in love with somebody, mm-hmm. what is it that makes you want to be in love with them? Can I give you an answer? Yeah. Like, I would never... This, this is going to confuse well, this, people this because... This actually a bit speechless. This will seem like I'm going back on what I was saying before, but this answers the question of why I think you actually can fall in love with somebody if there was something real there in the beginning and what you're dealing with is what I call dust settling. If you had real, equal, balanced, reciprocated love in the beginning and then little annoyances and things have stacked up and the dust is settling. Now, one, one of the, yes, then the first question, which I think is fundamentally different, which is just one person doesn't quite feel the way the other person feels. I think you're great, all that, but like, we're just not there. So this is like, we were there and we let life mess us up. So so I call it dust settling in a relationship. So um, little annoyances, things you don't think are a big deal, like in any one thing, like you couldn't point to it and say that was Mm -hmm. the problem. It's just like it builds up over time and they never really forgive and get past things. So in the movie Unbreakable, which you and I have talked a lot about, which is an okay movie, but there's such an amazing moment between the husband and wife where they're now They've totally estranged even though they're living together, but they decide to start dating again and to really connect. And I love that part of the movie. And I think it's really beautiful because it's, it's the dust that is settled. And once they're able to wipe that away and get back to that thing that connected them in the beginning and let go of all the little hurts and What's confess. What's that one line though that he says? Well, I think you're thinking about the part where he says, when did you think that this might not work? Yeah. And she said, the first time I had a nightmare and I didn't turn to you to comfort me. I didn't wake you up to comfort mm. me. Oh. And, but that points at what I'm talking like that, that was a choice, right? Mm. And it seems like this moment of weakness to turn to somebody and say, I want you to comfort me. But in that act, it's an act of giving yourself to somebody, of being vulnerable, of welcoming. Like, I'll say this, I don't need that, but it's beautiful. And to ask for that from you and to let you give that to me and to accept that, that is how you bond. So when you were saying, but how do you make yourself fall in love? It's things like that. So maybe Make yourself fall in love is very misleading. And, and I will say that phrase, if somebody took that out of context, like that isn't quite what I mean. Mm. But what I'm saying is like building a passion in your life, you build love, especially in the, the post drug addiction yeah. transition. And that's where I think we really did something right was when we were in the drug like phase, we actually had conversations where we're like, Hey, this is not going to last. I know enough about the brain to know that the neurochemistry is going to change. And so we've really got to look at what does that deep pair bonding look like? And it looks like moments like where you wake up in the middle of the night and you realize, well, I could just go back to sleep, but you don't. You take the time to allow yourself to, to be needy, to want somebody to allow yourself to need that, the comfort of another person. And then, I mean, just to get neurochemical for a second, it's the oxytocin, it's the vasopressin releases, it's the bonding, it's the, um, sense of trust, which is oxytocin, the vasopressin, they've actually found that like prairie voles, just to get really weird on you for a second, prairie voles, which unlike most voles, they um, mate for life. And so other ones are like super promiscuous. And so they're like, what the fuck? So looking at why some, like why that one species of vole is so um, monogamous and they found that their receptors for vasopressin are like off the charts. And so you can look for it in humans and humans that, that um, have a, I forget what gene it is, but it means that they're able to process a lot more vasopressin and thusly really feel that sense of bonding. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to stay in long-term monogamous relationships. And I don't remember who it was, but I was reading somebody's book and they're like, I literally test my um, fiance's part or my uh, daughter's partners to see if like they have that high level because otherwise it's not going to work. Wow. So, but you think, so you think if, if it exists, you can bring it back. But I actually was coming from the point of like, what if you just realize, wow, shit, we're actually not really in love anymore. And we never really have been. Break up. Yeah. But look, I think if it's, you know, not to keep going on, but it says, is it unhealthy? I think if you both want it and you both want to try it, you should give it a shot. No one's going to tell you what's right for you guys. Um, so if you both believe that you can do it, I think you should definitely go for it. 
You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, all right, so we've got some fan shout-outs from Australia, Germany, Malaysia, Canada, and all over the U.S. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, and if this video is bringing you value, please do press that little share button somewhere down there. We'd really, really appreciate it. That's our one ask. Um, that would be great. All right, so next question. This comes from Chelsea Sullivan Rose. Long-term relationships always come with days that you're just not in sync. One person is feeling love and the other is isolating themselves. It's temporary and you know that, but how do you push through in the moment? Um, so I guess for me and you, it's usually me that feels like I'm not feeling the love in our relationship because, um, for you, I don't know, you don't get as my microscopic as I do on like, Hey, I'm feeling like this and I need a cuddle. You kind of go in the momentum of like work and would you say that's the reason? 
I would say that I derive a lot more of my fulfillment from work than you do. So I am much more likely to get excited, swept up in what we're building and, um, yeah, go down that path. And I just have a higher threshold for, um, being disconnected, but not feeling like that sort of burning sensation, um, that you feel. So if I'm gone for like three days, you're really, starting to feel it, whereas I have you a don't. higher threshold. Yeah. And so actually I wanted to give like, so this, um, these last few weeks, in fact, you've been so busy and you've been traveling and your family was here. And so we haven't spent, we haven't had date night in this, it'll be three weeks, which is very, very rare. We try to get date night in at least once a week. Um, and I've been feeling the burn guys. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to bullshit. Like definitely yesterday and today I started like, I was like, okay, what's today? It's Monday. Shit. Okay. Our date night, we've got Saturday together. And today I was like, oh my God, it's only Tuesday. I was like, this is not good. When I'm starting to like count down the days, to like when I get to spend time with you, I, I taught myself that, okay, this is a problem in our marriage. It's a problem in our relationship. And I don't mean extreme, but like I need to identify it and I need to understand why it's happening, what I'm feeling. And then I need to talk to you about it because holding off to Saturday, I know me so well by Thursday, I'm going to break. That's just, and you know that as well, right? I mean, you even smile. So by th- I'm counting on the days. I'm like, oh my God, there's only a couple of days left. And Thursday, I know I'm going to be in a bad mood. I'm going to feel super disconnected from you. I'm not going to feel, we're going to now be like living friends versus like super connected in love, husband and wife. Why are you smiling? Just interesting. Because you don't feel like, obviously you would. Yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't hit me like that. Like I still, it all feels normal to me. And it's like, yeah, busy right now, but. I like that you always bring us back. And I think that's kept us very emotionally safe because I probably would get too caught up in something and it would be three months. And then it's like, Oh yeah, Jesus. Mm. So I'm, I'm actually grateful for that. But from the outside, it's always because I don't feel it the same way that you do. It's weird. But what's, so we've been together for 17 years and, um, over time, I think I've been, I've tried to identify within myself, like what is that pattern? How does it always happen so that it doesn't surprise me so that it doesn't come to Thursday or Friday and I completely crack and I feel like we're not connected at all. So identifying those patterns for me is major. Um, but also, um, you have really under taught, like learnt who I am and how I work. So on Friday, when you were out of town and I got some bad news with my health, um, I spoke to you and immediately you were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you weren't in town and you were, so you were texting me and you called me immediately and you're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, babe. I'm going to call this person. I'm going to email them now because you knew and you even put these specific words, which is the words I used to him. So you use them on me, which really helped. You're like, baby, I want you to know you're not alone. And you sent me that text on Friday because you know, I start feeling alone Mm. when I haven't seen you in weeks and my health isn't great. You haven't seen me in a non-work context. Right, but that's very different. Like it fit to you, probably doesn't fit. It feels like night and day to me. I can be, there's a whole different part of my personality, I think, that comes out when it's just me and you. Yes. I go into my soppy mode. You you actually are night and day different. I don't think I'm as different. No, when not. we're not in work mode as you are. I go into wife soppy mode. <clears throat> I want to be cuddled, but when I'm in work mode, I need to have my thinking cap on. Um, but anyway, so back to what I was saying is you have recognized the pattern in me. I've been very vocal about my process and my pattern so that we can fix it together. Because the one thing I never said is I'm never going to, I never want to have a problem and then keep repeating it for like the ni- next 10 years. Like, I'm, it's predictable. Like if I've done it four times and I can't see a pattern, then that's, you know, shame on me. Mm. So I've noticed the pattern. I talk about the pattern. I talk with you about the pattern. Now you've recognized the pattern. You recognize the signals. You recognize the way that I text sometimes with certain things. So you, I felt so heard on Friday when you said to me, baby, you're not alone. And sorry, my poor dog has a coughing issue. So he's coughing. Bless him. Um, so the fact that you remembered that, you used that word with me, you, it, it was so perfect. Um, so yeah, my, I can't remember what the question was. I was like, so went on such a tangent, ta- tangent. Um, 
but anyway, I think it's really important to know each other, to be connected. Um, when you're not in sync, that's actually the question. So when you're not in sync, I just think it's important to get back in sync. Don't beat yourself up for not being actually, in sync. Actually, I don't think we've read that question yet, have we? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Long-term relations always come with days that you're Got not in yeah, sync. Yeah, yeah, One person's yeah, feeling love and the other is isolating themselves. Yeah. It's temporary. Um, how do you push through it? So back to, I guess, my no, just, I'll give you... Sorry, go ahead. Go no, please. I didn't realize you weren't done. No, I was just waffling. Go on. I was just going to give it in one word. Communicate. <laughs> there it is. Perfect example, guys, of how men in general... Isn't there like a whole stat about the certain amount of words that men use with the women? Yeah, but people... No one would believe that I don't talk off camera like I do on camera. That's, that's his responses to me off camera. No one would believe. But yeah. Literally. So, Get back in sync. I think talk about it. Talk about the patterns that you've noticed. Repeat the patterns that you've noticed. Tell each other what you want them to do yes. in response. So if, for instance, you hadn't responded with that lovely response. Oh, poor dog's got a heart condition. I feel so bad. He keeps coughing. Bless him. Um, so I just think it's important. Anyway, give the keys to the kingdom. So the fact that you would recognize what I needed was like amazing. We got back in sync. I was like, I noticed that. So Word. don't be afraid to own it. All right. So would you rather segment? Let's do this, guys. Live, drop in the comments below um, or feedback as well as we answer. Would you rather you read in the comments? Yeah. Um, would you rather stay with someone you don't love or stay with someone who doesn't love you? Oh. oh stay with someone I don't love. Yeah, of course. Oh, like, don't feel say. bad. I would much rather be in the power position on that one. Yeah. Oh. They both suck. Keep in mind that yeah. this is my nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, no question. All right, next one. Would you ha rather have high expectations in your relationship that are never met or low expectations <laughs> always? Oh, so with my ex-boyfriend, when mm -hmm. I was in my teenage years, I sadly just lowered my expectations. And I was like, oh, all right, he turned up. That's, that's a win. Like, that I think it my... would be less nightmarish to have, like if you're somehow stuck in that relationship, which I'll assume in this you are. I would rather have low expectations that are met than high. Like one is deeply frustrating mm. and one is infinitely less so. So yeah. I think it's bad life advice to have low <laughs> yeah. uh, expectations. But that should almost but. be like a, a little um, flag. Like I look for like things that flag something like, oh, shit, this mm. is dangerous. The second you start lowering your expectations with your partner, like I would actually say use that as an identification. Um S says the woman who like no, slowly true. whittled down how much quality time yeah. we spent until we were setting date yeah, nights. Yeah, you're right. In fact, I do lower my expectations. After six and a half things. years of not. But I put them in perspective. Like I have high expectations of you doing this. And then I sort of put them in perspective about, okay, well, hang on. I want him to be this successful man. Like I find that super attractive. I love that ambition in him. Yet I expect him to always do X, Y, and Z. Like, okay, those don't. You're align. really good at that, by the way. You are really good at that. And in this relationship, you need to get, you need to be awash in credit wow. for that. Although, God, can I just derail us for a second? This was They're terrible. They're so unused to that. This was, this was terrible. From either of us, by the way. That was not me just pointing a finger at you. Okay, this was terrible. And I actually am very proud that I called it in real time and that you called me on that shit. So the other day, I think you guys have heard us talk very, a lot about my language of appreciation is action. Mm. Um, and so I love it when you put the kettle on for me. Love it, love it, love it. So he's been gone four days over the weekend. Like that was our, you know, our daytime. And I felt very like disconnected from you. But again, I understand yep, yep. you're on your, you're doing your job, like get it. Um, but then you come back and you came back late on Sunday night. And so Monday morning I woke up and because you've been really sick, I've been getting up before you, which mm. never happens. So I've been getting up for like the last two weeks before you. I haven't seen you. I get up on Monday morning. You're up before me. I go down to the kitchen and with a smile, I grab the kettle handle and the water's empty and he hadn't filled it up or put it on. Uh, and I was literally bad. was heartbroken. And so I text you saying, what, was it? what? what did I say? Like something, something, and P.S. You forgot to oh, do yeah. the kettle. For P.S. You forgot. Yeah, I told you something else. That's right. And I just said, "Hey, P.S. You forgot the kettle." And you put, "Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm so sorry." Um, but just so you to remember, this is a meant to be a bonus and not an expectation. Yeah. 
And you were so right. I actually was heartbroken because I had become, I had accept, um, I have now, it's become, You've an come expe- to expect I've come it, to yeah. expect it. And the joy it gives me, especially because I, and I recognize this, because I was feeling disconnected from you, because I didn't feel like we were completely one, I was so looking forward to feeling that emotion of you thought of me and when you didn't I really was heartbroken no, I know. but you calling me on that was very important because I think it's so dangerous that you can slip into a pattern I think you can slip into the fact that at one point something started off being nice for somebody I'm doing the dishes for you or you're taking care of me you're mm-hmm. making my dinner like whichever way it is um this it becomes like oh my god this is so nice but then the second it becomes an expectation I think you've removed everything that had initially started doing right you were doing it because i felt special when you would do it now you i become i expect it from it like takes away that so anyway the fact that you called me on it and i was very aware like i actually am holding on to that moment now like really because it was such a good lesson that i don't want to take the the joy away from how i felt and i think turning it into an expectation does take that away all right now advanced class time if you can understand how powerful it was that she recognized that. And instead of getting pissed at me for saying, hey, this should be a bonus and not an expectation, she thought, you know what? You're absolutely right. She said that to me that day, right there in the moment. That is so powerful. And all of us have that opportunity to really look at something and go, you know what? I'm going to, like, I had an emotional experience. I don't necessarily have to trust it. And I certainly don't have to act on it. I can really think through this and see an opportunity to improve and get better rather than have another emotional reaction. I think that's where people fall apart. It's like they really are upset. And in many ways, you have reason to be upset. I've been so busy and I've been traveling so much and I've been sick and it's just like all stacking up. And then I'm awake, but I don't do the kettle, which is like this really sweet thing. And you've told me like a thousand times how much it means to you. And I still forgot, right? So you have a reason to be upset. Like, If we were on national TV and took a poll, it's like 13% would be okay with what I did. And then (laughs) like everybody else would be like, that, that was lame. Right. So, but even though you could have doubled down and been like, look, that really upset me. You've been gone. You've this, you've that. You didn't. And in that moment, you were like, you know what? Actually, I fully respect that. And you're right. And I think that that's dangerous in a relationship. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to get to the point where I have these expectations and I can't see the joy and the beauty in it. That's so powerful. Like, I want just everybody to understand me calling you on it was like, eh, whatever. You going 100%. I see how that becomes dangerous over time. That's so powerful. Bless you. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think we really think as people, or at least I didn't, of like one moment, right? Like, I could have, yes, got upset and be like, I can't believe like you're saying that, right? Because even you saying it to me was a little risky on your part, like, because I could have got upset over it. And once upon a time, I would have got upset. And once upon a time, I would have, like, I can't believe it. Like, you're ignore, I don't feel loved and blah, sure. blah, blah. Um, but it, so even if I could have done it in this time and gotten away with it, quote, unquote, I know that that's dangerous a year down the line. And then I think two years down the line and three years down the line. And I think that's how people end up in situations, in marriages, in relationships where they're no longer seeing the beauty in a relationship because all these expectations and shoulds become a part of like their vocabulary and you've lost touch of the sweet, small, meaningful things. Mm. And so, and look, I totally get like sidelined that there are things in a relationship that are important that you have to hold each other accountable for. And there should be some expectations in a relationship. If a burglar came in right now, I would expect you to beat the crap out of them and not let them attack me. Just saying. But yeah, you get the point. Small expectations. At a minimum, I'll let them shoot me. I'll say that. Right. I will try jump to in beat the line them of up. Fire. Yeah. Um, all right. So that kind of derailed us a bit, but next. Um, Welcome next, to you... relationship theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the punchline <laughs> there. Is. And if you love this, guys, press that share button. Yes, do share. Um, okay. Would you rather feel disappointed by your partner or bored with your partner? I think disappointed. That's way less terrifying. Yeah, right? <coughs> who, where, who was it? I just heard, if you're bored, it means you're boring. It's nice linguistically, and I get what they're saying. Oh, but it was a guest on like, if if somebody truly is like 
there's just no fun to be had around them, that's a real thing. Yeah. Like you just have nothing in common and they're like, the stuff they want to do is truly boring to you. That that's a nightmare. I think I think that's a real thing. Yeah. That is not just indicative. Like, let me tell you right now, there's so many things that I'm interested in, but I could be around somebody that just we just not share. Mm. But the word disappointed is hard. Didn't your parents always say that? Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's like, ooh. Yeah, but that feels temporary. No, Boring I, I, feels like forever. I'm totally with you there. But just the word disappointed. Um, and I know that that word actually um, will sting you if I said that to you. Yeah, of course. Baby, you've disappointed me. Yes, I don't even like you saying it as a mock <laughs> sentence. So, all right, back to the next question. This is from Brian. Rot- so, we're going to say more. I just no. Okay. And um, this is from Brian Rotkamp. Hey, Tom and Lisa. Any suggestions for rebuilding our emotional connection after twenty-seven years of marriage? We've drifting. Um, we've drifted. We're drifting a little. Sorry, thank you. We're drifting a little due to the. Busyness of life and raising a family. God, I think the first step is to, I would sit down and start making a list. I know I'm a list person. You're hilarious. Given, here's what she actually did. So this, this while on a grander scale, this is what happened to us in the first six and a half years of our marriage. I was so busy and that was like my, it's weird because I actually work more now in some ways. I was probably more hardcore on the weekends then. Less hardcore on the week, but more hardcore on the weekends back then. Um, Can I tell you the difference? Yeah. Massive difference. You were completely closed off when you would do the other. That's super insightful. I don't want to derail them here because I want them to hear what you actually did. It's very powerful for you and I as a couple. Um, She said, we have to have date night. We need to carve out time. We absolutely must. Like... Back then it wasn't smartphones, but like that version of like you set everything aside. The kids go to bed. There's no TV. Like you guys are going to connect. You're going to each like say what your selfish desire is, figure out what you both really want to do as a couple. What's your selfish desire for the couple? So if you're like, I just want to go to bed, like that doesn't count. So you're going to take the time. You're going to put in the hours like anything else that takes work. And you made that really clear to me. And that was one of those moments where I was like, you know what? She's right. Like, if you want to have a relationship, you, I've always said there's no substitute for proximity, meaning you need to be together, but you made it clear. There's also no substitute for like real intimate interaction. Like you need to talk and connect and, you know, just have those like moments where it is just you and I having like an amazing time together where there are no distractions whatsoever. So I'd start there. <coughs> and after 27 years of marriage, like they're ahead of us. So, you know, Hey, but we find now if you're really thoughtful about like writing out questions beforehand and things like, would you rather, which is something that was born of what we do in our relationship where we ask, we, especially when we go on vacation beforehand, I'll prepare like a hundred questions that I want to ask you like on all manner of topic. And I'm always trying to find something that I don't know about you, something that either has changed or something that maybe we've never talked about. And that is endlessly fascinating yeah and when i said list i mean like a list of the types of things you want to do together like what are the things that we're missing like if you can look back and um you know hold on to something like oh we used to love doing this okay do we still love doing it you know what let's try it like having a list of things but i don't want to hop on the list but talking about what are the things you want to do together one thing that we do on every anniversary on every anniversary of our first date is we redo our first date so we go to the um the restaurant that you first took me to then we then go to the movie theater that we watch the first movie then we go to your outside your apartment because obviously other people live there now but your apartment we take photos like think about how you guys can reconnect about um what why you got together in the first place i think making sure that you have a babysitter carving that time out is very important i'm gonna guess they've Um, been married 27 years because they're teenagers or older but you don't know Sure. Anyway, either way, make sure the kids are away. Make sure the kids aren't around you. Make sure that you have alone time. And then what are you doing in that alone time? Like getting a little more like deeper onto it. Like what is your selfish desire? Um, is it just staring into each other's eyes? Now, as the woman, the first thing that I would do, maybe not the first thing, but I would for sure go out, get sexy lingerie. I would try to blow your socks off. Like remind, I want to remind you why you're with me. 
right? Like, I want to knock your socks off like our first date. Like, go out of your comfort zone. Even if you guys have been together for 27 years, do something that you know is going to blow each the other person away. Um, yeah, like, get silly. Um, play games. Don't get silly. I fucking hate no, silly. I mean, what do you mean? When I said I was going to say silly, I mean, like, we'll have, like, a cocktail. You know, we'll that's a trigger silly. word for me. I'm triggered right now. <laughs> I hate silly in a way well, that I can't convey. we have a convey. cocktail, we get giggly. Yes. I get giggly. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. One way I make sure my business is moving in the right direction is to ensure we are constantly becoming more efficient. Because in my experience, inefficiencies will eat away your profits and leave you with a dying business. But with the right technology, your business can get the insights it needs to become efficient and ultimately unstoppable. And that is why I recommend you check out NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all of it into one platform and one source of truth. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors that are massively inefficient. Guys, inflation is no joke. So check out NetSuite and see how you can cut costs and boost performance at the same time, like the 37,000 companies that have already made the switch. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Do not wait. Head right now to netsuite.com slash theory. Again, that's netsuite.com slash theory. Get the information you need. Head to netsuite.com slash theory. So one thing I will say, and I think this is important, read the book, The Female Brain, which talks about the way that um, mm. having kids change, like literally mm -hmm. changes the, certainly the neurochemistry and certainly while pregnant, the actual physical structures of the woman's brain, her priorities are going to change. Um, and then through the years of just rearing children, things are going to change. And so really understanding how that happens, I think that people can combat it and begin to reconnect. But understanding that it isn't about becoming, you know, teenagers or 20-somethings again. It's about understanding how do you reconnect at the stage that you're actually mm -hmm. at, depending on like how old your kids are. Full disclosure, we do not have kids. So this is all stuff that I've read. But if you follow my logic, hopefully it makes sense. So um, really just understanding the, the neurochemical changes, the hormonal changes that we all go through. Men's testosterone levels are lowering. So um, that is going to impact them. And then women, the depending on whether or not they have kids, is like a whole hormonal uh, change of priorities and everything else. And so really telling the other person what you really want is a big deal. And so um, there's a great shorthand quote that I think 
couples would do well to remember, which is women need to feel loved to have sex and men need to have sex to feel loved. And so a lot of the disconnect, and I get that's a gross generalization, but a lot of the disconnect comes from differences in sexual appetite, differences in sexual preferences, getting lazy. Um, and I remember um, I met this, I worked for this guy a very long time ago. And he was talking about how like they would, they had sex the same way like every time because they were married and they had kids and it was just like it had become a routine. And he was saying like he kind of missed like the not knowing and like having to explore. And so getting back into that level where you're discussing and exploring, you're being attacked by a bug. My wife loves bugs, by the way. Um, so that all of that, uh, communication is important. Yeah. And that's it. God, I'm going to keep harping on this, but like finding out what each other want to do. <coughs> um, and then like engaging and really being all in. Like, you know, if let's say our sex life wasn't great at the time and I was like, I may even suggest, or if, I don't know if you would suggest, but like, why don't we go to a sex shop? Let's have some fun. Let's pick, why don't we go to a lingerie shop? Why don't you choose some lingerie for me, baby? Like really reconnecting for whatever like that is for each other. Like go all in. No judgment. That's another thing because like if you guys have a really kind of over time just been disconnected, um, it's very easy to say, Oh, you never used to be like that. You never liked that before. And there's almost like some judgment to it. So I think with the attitude of going into that, like really it should be like, this is, can be so exciting. We're going to discover new things about each other. Like I know it's been a while, like go in with that, like excitement and enthusiasm. Um, versus like, shit, it's been a long time. Yeah. We haven't done this in a while. Like that just creates a different vibe from the get go. Word. So. Um, all right. Next question. This is from Nathan Schiffman. Were you, uh, were you all this self aware with communication and setting expectations from day one or was this something cultivated over time? Cultivated over time. Yeah. I, we were moronic when we first got together. We'll start with that. But I will say I, I because I had no game as a kid. I tried to read Cosmopolitan magazine and like anything I could get my hands on about women, a hundred percent. Anything to help me understand women. And so I was obsessed with communication even when we got together and I'd already started researching the Mm -hmm. brain. So it was like that stuff I think helped Mm -hmm. immeasurably. Yeah. So just really thinking, understanding that we would transition and that even though I'd never been in love before, that like the, the neurochemical state was not going to last. And so none of that caught us off guard. And so we did talk very openly from literally the jump Mm -hmm. and that has served us well. And I also took seriously, like every time you guys know there's only one answer that people give that have been together for a very long time. If you ask, what's the secret? And the answer is communication yes every time so i would see that in movies i'd read it in articles and i'd be like i'm gonna take that seriously i'm not gonna be what you know they say a fool never learns a smart man learns from his mistakes and a wise man learns from the mistakes of others i'm gonna be wise on this one and just Mm -hmm. trust that talking being open being honest communicating being raw being vulnerable saying the hard things being honest about what you want even when it's like oh god this might like be risky, I might upset them or they might judge me or whatever, but just like putting it out there so that you can actually get it. And this harkens back to my, that first question of why I'm really fucking freaked out. Cause I, about being with somebody who doesn't love you like you love them. It's like people just lie just a little. They take the edge off their personality, off the, who they really are. And over a long period of time, that becomes you becoming someone you don't even recognize because you've not been honest. No thanks. Yeah. We've overcome a lot. I think, um, communicating for us was we always had the communication but i don't think i (coughs) personally really had much clarity or understanding of who i was how i at what i need um and once you start understanding that about yourself you can then communicate that to your partner but if you don't quite understand why you're doing things how to handle yourself then i think that that's where two people can really kind of butt heads like whereas now i can say to you babe, I need this from you. This is how, like, I can feel myself getting anxious. I can feel myself feeling a little alone. Um, and being able to communicate that then allows us to make the change before we get to the the car crash, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I didn't necessarily 
understand that about myself. So then we'll get to the point where we would really clash. And that's when we would start communicating. But I think over time, we definitely learn to understand ourselves and then be honest with each other. And the one time that I found like we were at our worst in our relationship was because you were completely shut down on communicating because you were so busy at work. This is actually before we started Quest. You were miserable at the tech company. You were working so many hours. You had a vision. You're like, I'm going to be in charge of my life. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to make partner in this company, whether it kills me. But you weren't enjoying it. So you would come home and you would be like, how was work? Fine. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Didn't want to talk about it. That shutdown of the communication after a couple of years, I remember pulling, like we had that big discussion. I was like, we are not husband and wife. Like we can, we're not communicating. I don't know anything about you. I know you're not happy, but I don't know what is making you happy. I don't know what drives you. And that's when I think you really realize like, wow, shit. Yeah, this is not good for our relationship as well as for, um, I was going to say for yourself, but really for our relationship. Mm. So, um, okay, one more question. This is from Celeste Battistoni. Does having a business help develop both of your emotional maturity? Ooh, does having a business help? Yes, and the reason it helps with your emotional Mm -hmm. maturity is, one, you're having to deal with a lot of people, and two, it is inevitable that you're going to fail a lot. And failing a lot is a thing that develops your resiliency it will force you to turn inside, to look at yourself, to confront weaknesses and adequacies and to really develop what is the single most important thing that anyone can develop, which is the ability to stare nakedly at your inadequacies without being emotionally destroyed by it so that you can actually improve and get better. And that will serve you in business. That will serve you in your relationship. All of that, I think, is critically important. Now, also working together, man, you got to get your shit together to be able to work like we do. And so... That like it's it's like Ipecac. It's actually like soda water. I always you say, say Ipecac, Ipecac quite a lot. These and days. and what I actually mean is soda water. Soda water will either settle your stomach or make you vomit. Mm. One of the two. And that like working together, it's either going to tear you apart or it's going to make you rock solid. Mm. Yeah, and it's a real test on days where your personal relationship, let's say, there's a little disconnect, and then you're working together. Like, do you, how do you separate the two? And we've worked really hard at that. Mm. You, you get all the credit there because I find that very easy. And so for me, it borders on effortless. Like once I get into work mode, I'm just in work mode. Mm. Um, for you though, you've really handled that extraordinarily well. Thank you. Um, all right. So um, guys, if this is or has been bringing you value, please click that share button. Again, we like to... Get the video out to the world. So if you can share, that would be amazing. And tell your friends to watch live. Um, all right. Next question. This I is actually, a final I quick know, question. I lied. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, all right. This, this is from in. Daniel Breeze, our boy Daniel. He's such a big like Word. part of the company that we can't not answer this. When you guys started Impact Theory, did you already have relationship theory in mind? Did you imagine that relationship theory would be this awesome? Ah. It's very sweet. And? Um, so no, not at all. I never want to be in front of the camera. I all but gave her a panic attack when I said, hey, we should do a relationship like special Valentine's Valentine's Day episode. Actually, I'm not sure that I came up with that. Somebody suggested it, but I loved it. Um, The fans kept saying, why don't you interview Lisa? And I think that's mm. how it started. And so I was like, well, God, all right, if you want to interview me, I'll do it like around Valentine's Day so it feels right. But I didn't want any crew. I didn't want any teammates. That's right. You were so weird about we that. Did it before the team arrived. Um, because here's the thing, like, <coughs> God, I forgot about all that. My personality is like, if you meet me in real life, like I'm very just me. And I was like, I, I don't want to pretend in front of the camera. I'm not going to put on airs and graces. Airs and graces, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put on airs phrase. and graces. I don't want to pretend. Like, obviously, like, yes, I'm your wife. People know you. I want to represent you and the Billy family well. But I'm not going to fake it. Like, I, I just, that's not what I'm interested in. And so you're like, cool, why don't we record it? We won't do it live. We'll just film it on the cameras. And then if you don't like it, we never have to release it. So we set up the camera, we did the recording, the camera had stopped, and so half the episode was missing. But then I was like, it's kind of fun. And I was like, well, Lisa, well, maybe we'll just do another video. Maybe we'll just do it as a Facebook line. And I was like, oh. And I remember, God, this is, oh, I love you so much, baby. You had turned around to me and you said, look, um, oh, God, I'm trying to find the right phrase. 
you said something like, if, um, if you mess up or if you stumble or if you forget something, don't ever worry. I'm going to be your safety net. And you're like, no, like what can go wrong? You're like, if you start getting yourself into danger, if you start, <laughs> you know, like verbal diarrhea, you're like, I'll be your safety net. I'll be there for you. And then over time, basically that's how relationship theory developed. And then you guys, I mean, I, I honestly cannot be like more transparent. You, the response you guys give us on, um, obviously how much we're helping you guys like that makes so much of a difference because everything that we talk about we've struggled through and we've had to try and figure it out as we've gone along and the amount of I don't want to say hate but in the past from family and friends when we spoke like people were just like oh yeah but that's you and Tom like it's always been like oh but you guys are lucky oh you found a good man you know it was always like yeah whatever and I think that the fan base that we have and the community that we've built of relationship theory, like everyone seems to be in that same place where like they genuinely want to improve. They're genuinely looking to look at themselves nakedly and say, how am am I a problem in the relationship? How can I better my relationship? And so it's given me so much drive and so much passion. Um, And it really has been because of the fans and how much we've obviously made a difference to them. And then not to be... um, not to lie, it. I love spending the hour with you. Is the truth? Yeah. So. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing it. It's been amazing. We really appreciate all the questions, the vulnerability, the rawness. Like I'm eternally grateful for that. So, oh, and one thing I'll add: if you guys do want to submit questions, but some people don't want to say their name. Um, we totally respect that guys. So please, you can email connect at impacttheory.com. And, um, if you just let us know you want to be kept anonymous, we absolutely respect that. But then we can answer the questions live the following week. Word. Awesome. Thanks guys. Much love. Go have wonderful relationships and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>